0: Like you, I have been glued to the news over the past few days, watching as peaceful protests have descended into riots, looting, arson, chaos, lawlessness, and anarchy. Perhaps the saddest part in all this is that this was an opportunity for us to find unity and to promote justice together out of a truly horrendous situation that was captured on tape. Several videos show a Minneapolis police officer using deadly force to constrain and ultimately kill 46-year-old George Floyd. It appears as though it's a clear-cut example of police brutality. The officer pressed his knee into the man's neck for eight excruciating minutes as people watching pleaded for him to let the man breathe. But he didn't. Instead, George Floyd died. There was immediate outrage, an immediate agreement that this was not in any way a justifiable action on behalf of a police officer. In fact, I have yet to see a single person come out in defense of that officer, who, by the way, has been fired, arrested, and charged with third-degree murder. The other three officers on the scene have also been fired for their indifference to what was essentially a state-sanctioned murder. Americans took to the streets in large numbers to demonstrate. They used their constitutionally protected rights to free speech and freedom of assembly. And they had support and the solidarity practically of the entire world. Everyone agreed the situation was unjust and that Floyd was wrongly killed. But instead of joining together to mourn in the senseless death and to reflect on aspects of policing that perhaps lead to brutality, things like how police are trained, how to deal with officers who break rules and don't follow orders, and again perhaps per- perverse incentives that exist within trade union contracts that end up increasing crime accidentally. Instead of taking any of these measures or talking about any of these issues to try to ensure that no more innocent people are killed at the hands of an overzealous police officer, instead the movement was hijacked. Violent activists and anarchists began organizing and instigating riots. They smashed windows, facilitated looting and ransacking both of local businesses as well as big box stores. They set fire to police stations, to churches, and to businesses. And instead of stopping these riots, officials across America ordered police forces to stand down and essentially give rioters space to riot. Meanwhile, many journalists and pundits in the media were busy fanning the flames of the situation, defending and justifying and promoting these riots. They claim that America and Canada, too, are evil, racist societies that deserve to be burnt down. They don't see instances of racism as an obstacle to overcome in an otherwise free, peaceful and just society. Instead, they see instances of racism as systemic, the very foundation of our societies, something that is built in that we can never overcome without radical and foundational change. And so these advocates call for the tearing down of our entire society, every aspect of our system, including free markets, private property, the rule of law, and our legal system. That is why they're chanting, eat the rich and looting in Beverly Hills. And that is why Black Lives Matter Toronto leaders are calling for police services to be defunded, entirely defunded. Even the most basic principles like individual rights and freedoms are being overshadowed and undermined by collectivist and tribalistic ideas. That's what we're seeing in these protests that make them different and far more intense than protests and riots in the past. Collectivism is center stage. They tell us that all cops are murderers, that they're all responsible for the killing of George Floyd. They believe that all white people are unconsciously racist and that all white people are responsible for slavery, segregation, and income inequality. They think that all men are sexist purveyors of the patriarchy All Christians are backwards-minded and homophobic, and all Trump supporters are racist white supremacists. This is collectivism, and it was the driving force behind the carnage and destruction of both communism and fascism in the 20th century. And that's the most worrying part about these protests and riots. They're tainted with the ideological furor of the radical far left a radical far left that pushes a narrative of oppression, division, hatred, chaos, and ultimately destruction. It's clear they think our system is rotten and it's clear they want to tear it down. But what is less clear is what would replace our system. That's the problem. These activists have no idea what would replace it. And that is the scariest part. They're either so ignorant of history that they don't know what happens when you tear apart a liberal democracy and try to replace it with an elusive utopia, or perhaps they're just too nihilistic to care. Either way, this will not end well. For True North, I'm Candace Malcolm.